Hi, I'm Andy Barrett, Senior Advisor with IHS Market. I want to welcome you all to this Sira Week conversation presented by IHS Market. And it's my pleasure today to introduce Fleetwood Grobler, CEO and President of Sassel Limited. Sassel is a 70-year-old South African company and it's become a major global player in synthetic fuels, industrial and specialty chemicals. So Fleetwood, welcome. Thank you, Andy. Good. Many of our international guests may not be quite so familiar with Sassel. Um, can you give us a brief introduction and overview of the business, it's particularly its energy and chemicals businesses, and, and your global spread? That was a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Andy. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So for context, Sassel is a South African-based uh, global integrated chemicals and synthetic fuels producer. We listed on the Johannesburg and the New York stock exchanges. We've got a market cap of around 12 billion US with an annual revenue of around $14 billion. We employ around 28,000 uh, employees globally with business activities in 27 countries. And although Sassel is a proudly South African heritage anchored in South Africa, we're also now a global diversified business with uh, well-invested assets in chemicals and energy. So let me, let me unpack that a bit. So Sassel Energy produces and markets energy products in Southern Africa and has participation in our global uh, GTL venture in Qatar, as well as licensing our proprietary gas to liquids technology to facilities in West Africa and Central Asia. Our Sassel Chemicals business is an international chemicals manufacturer located in South Africa, North America, Europe, and Asia. And it sells more than 7 million tons of commodity and specialty chemicals per annum to more than 7,500 customers in 120 countries. So our recent US investment in Lake Charles Chemicals project uh, in Louisiana means that our global asset base is now about the same size as it is in South Africa, if you compare just the footprint outside and inside South Africa. And South Africa also hosts our two fuels and chemicals manufacturing sites built on the Fisher-Trops value chain. And the FT value chain uses both coal and gas as feedstock and the latter coming from our upstream operations in Mozambique. We produce annually approximately 55 million tons of uh, 55 million barrels, pardon me, of liquid fuel products in South Africa. And Sasol has also a very strong technology and intellectual property portfolio. If I put that in context, our proprietary and licensed technologies provide competitive advantage for us, and we hold approximately 2,400 patents worldwide. And Sassel has also the most extensive experience in application of Fischer-Tropsch technology and on commercial scale. And as a chemicals producer, we have the broadest range of alcohols and surfactants enabled by our unique chemistries that we also practice in Ziegler, Hubei, and our specialty um, alumina. Uh, technologies. I think that, that gives a bit of a flavor, and I'll stop there. It certainly gives the flavor, yeah, a lot of numbers there. But uh, you yourself, of course, 
you know, had pretty deep experience in both the chemicals divisions and the energy divisions of, of Sasol before you were appointed, I think, just about two years ago, the CEO position. Um, so two years ago, but you know, what are two years that has been really with the, you know, the uh, managing the impact of the pandemic uh, on the energy side, coming to terms with first the collapse and now the sharp recovery we've just seen in energy, you know, gas and oil prices. Um, tell us a little, you know, you talked about being active in 27 countries, all those 27 countries will have been in your, where you were producing will have been impacted by COVID, for instance. So, so tell me about, you know, how you managed, how the company was, was impacted through the, you know, those torrid times of the last two years and, you know, what it meant for the vision you had just before that, when you came into the top job. Uh, Andy, I, I, I best describe it as a bit of a roller coaster ride that, uh, that took me through the past, you know, almost two years. But with the, with the oil price collapse uh, of 2020 and the combination of that with the global pandemic, you know, and the condition of our balance sheet at that stage, that placed Sasol in the most precarious position of its 70 year history. I'm, I'm certain of that. The immediate need for the balance sheet deleveraging and strengthening um, that has been accomplished through cash conservation. We had aggressive working capital management and asset divestments, which were executed in line with our strategic uh, objectives. But we had to implement decisive measures to, uh, to stabilize the company when, when those things hit early in uh, 2020. So the restructuring that went far beyond any normal also involved reimagining of the company that we refer now as Future Sasol. And as such, we reorganized our business and created a portfolio company of two businesses, uh, energy and chemicals. And we removed layers of bureaucracy, reorganizing to be agile, um, innovative and responsive to our customers. And this we call the Sasol 2.0 transformation program, which aims to make the business much more competitive and will evolve the business into a global chemicals and energy company, which is fit for the future. We've also developed our new purpose statement, and that is innovating for a better world. Uh, and is focused on triple bottom line outcomes of uh, people, planet, and profits. And over the last year, the business proved to be highly resilient with a very strong financial and operating performance. This coupled with outstanding execution of our deleveraging initiative served as well, despite the global macroeconomic volatility. So yeah, we've, wow. we've gone through all of that in, in the span of, of this period you mentioned there. No, that's a great story. I particularly like, you know, the three Ps there, you know, people, planet and profits. And the story of, you know, stabilization, focus on costs and moving, you know, towards innovation and the, uh, you know, future Sassel, uh, Sassel 2.0. Uh, and very recently, of course, you know, the S has possibly moved from a focus on stabilization to a focus on on sustainability. So you made some very big announcements about three weeks ago. And the backdrop of this, you know, South Africa's economy has always been highly integrated with coal. 
your activities, you've mentioned coal to liquids, you know, have been traditionally coal based. And, you know, there are big emissions associated with that. Secunda, one of your primary sites, is one of the biggest point CO2 emitters in the world, I believe. So, you know, tell us now about you know, what you're doing in terms of uh, focusing on decarbonization of your portfolio, the sustainability uh, targets. And you know, I even believe you've got an ambition of being of going to, to net zero by 2050. Is that right? Yeah, I think that is that is right, Andy. And uh, we've got uh, quite ambitious um, road to travel, but we can't help but to to live in an era where sustainability is basically the defining topic of our current period. So, in recent years, there has been a very clear step up in regulatory and financial pressures globally, and a significant increase in capital influx towards sustainable technologies. We can't ignore that. Climate change is one of the biggest challenges of our time, and the world is in a race against the clock to reach global net zero by the second half of the century. And so we find ourselves in this context, as you rightfully pointed out, one of the larger emitters of greenhouse gases at our South African location, due to our heavy reliance on coal as a feedstock. And we are embracing the energy transition as an opportunity and are committed to accelerate the transition to a decarbonized future for Sasol. So at our recent Capital Markets Day, we committed to a scope one and two GHG emission reduction target of 30% of a 2017 baseline by 2030 for our energy and chemicals businesses as well as a 20% reduction in scope three, category 11 emissions in our energy business by 2030. And that is of a 2019 baseline. So this is consistent with what our peers have committed to despite our more significant reliance on coal versus uh, some of our peers. So prior to uh, 2030, emission reductions will be achieved by directly decarbonizing our assets investing in energy and process efficiency improvement, uh, integrating renewables in uh, and introducing incremental gas also in our portfolio. So we plan to procure our first uh, tranche of 600 megawatt of renewables uh, currently as we speak, and we plan to procure a total of about 1,200 megawatt in tranches towards 2030. Um, the, the first tranche we are doing in combination with our partners here Liquide. And our intention is to shift to a more and incremental natural gas, starting uh, with a 40 to 60 petajoule of LNG intake by 2030 as a transition feedstock for our South African value chain. And our ambition then is to reach net, net zero emissions by 2050. And to achieve this, we have multiple pathways post-2030, progressively shifting our feedstock away from coal towards gas in the transition period, and then eventually to green hydrogen and sustainable carbon as their economics improve. And so note that Sasol is not addressing decarbonization through closures of facilities or asset sell-offs. We responsibly, uh, we will basically responsibly run down our coal assets and introduce low carbon solutions over time to achieve our net zero ambition. 
Wow. <clears throat> so there's a lot in there, Fleetwood. You know, you're talking, first of all, about aggressive targets to decarbonize your assets, but even to decarbonize your products. I heard, you know, 20% scope three emission reductions there in your fuels portfolio, for instance, by 2030. So, you know, that's ambitious by the terms of any of the peers in, in the energy industry right now. Um, but you talked about, you know, one of your three Ps was profitability previously. So, yeah. Can this be truly profitable? What, what is your vision for marrying sustainability and profitability into the future? I think that, that comes to the, to the essence of the transition, um, Andy. So, so considering the new reality that the world is facing, uh, our strategy really needs to build, and it builds on a dual approach to A, preserve value from our current business while we decarbonize and transition to lower carbon feedstocks. That's ensuring our existing assets are future-proofed. This we will do while preserving our shareholder value, of course, and B, to unlock new opportunities. We need to reinvent ourselves over time, investing in new sustainable businesses and accessing attractive future value pools. Here, we will focus on opportunities where we are an, uh, advantaged and can rapidly build leadership economics in areas where we can build on our unique strengths. And so let me unpack some of that. Our proprietary Fischer-Tropsch technology will play a key role in allowing Sassel to participate in emerging value pools in both energy and chemicals. And there are three aspects to this. I'm going to unpack each one. So the first is that the FT process currently uses hydrogen as a co-feedstock which is uh, produced uh, internally uh, from coal. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a gray hydrogen from coal and gas. And second, the technology is carbon source agnostic. Currently, our Fischer-Tropsch uh, plants uses fossil fuels, coal or gas, but over time, this could be substituted to sustainable sources of carbon like biomass, uh, carbon captured from carbon intensive processes and eventually direct air capture for sus fully sustainable and unlimited uh, carbon source. And finally, the technology produces a wide slate of hydrocarbons, which opens up many promising avenues for sustainable liquid fuels and chemicals. And we are really confident in our ability to successfully uh, be, to be successful in our transition as we transform you know, on the journey and as our uh, you know, strategy unfold, because it's built on strong foundations and clear competitive advantages we have today. And on top of that, Sassol has always been a fantastic talent factory. And so our people are one of our greatest assets, recognized for their technical skills and ability to develop and operate also complex value chains globally. And our skills in marketing and customer product solution development are also well known in the industry. And so let's, are... let's, let's pick up on that, because you've talked about future value pools. I think everybody's aware of the focus on sustainable aviation fuel. And I guess your Fisher Tropsch you know, uh, process can, can generate that from uh, you know, the use of, uh, of clean hydrogen and alternative carbon feedstocks. But um, you know, in green chemicals, I think a lot of people are concerned that maybe the circular economy 
you know, there's not the willingness necessary to pay for these sustainable products there. But I've heard you talk about, you know, developing solutions together with your customers. Is that right? Being customer centric and, and get, you know, working to mutual advantage there. Is this, is this something that you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. We recognize also, you know, I'm going to unpack our focus on customers in a minute, but we also recognize, you know, that partnerships will be, be increasingly important and we seek to enhance, you know, our competitive position and also to accelerate our transition through collaboration with the public and private sectors and, and therefore also broadening, you know, just making sure that this base uh, by securing key partnerships with a focus on, on closing any capability or value chain gaps. So, so moving to the customers, really what you, what you highlight there is, is so core to our, our focus and our existence. And that is the ability to understand and adapt to evolving customer needs, which is paramount to any company's success. We are investing in our capabilities uh, incentives and the ways that we work to ensure that our customers are, are at the center of strategic choices and evolving our products and services to systematically improve our customer value proposition and to co-create tailored solutions, also helping them to address their sustainability challenges and providing specialty solutions by leveraging our unique chemistry in those applications. And so when I consider the, the global mega trends today of growing global population and the rise of the middle class, you know, these are expected to increase the demand for energy despite efficiencies through technology improvements and customer behavioral changes. But the energy mix is however changing towards a cleaner and more affordable energy mix. And the mega trends also indicate a more wellness conscious middle class as well as a move towards digitalization and new mobility needs. So I'm gonna give you a couple of examples in our chemicals business yeah, please do. Yeah. Where, where we focus on, on certain areas and some practical examples. So in our essential care chemicals business, you know, that area is recognized as the global leading supplier of surfactants and intermediates in fabric and home care markets. And that is through our broad alcohols portfolio in, um, in, in also, you know, the, the options we've got with feedstock. We use ethylene, we use fisher drops, we use olefins. They, they, there are so many different feedstock options through our alcohols portfolio that it's, it's really giving us a, a broad advantage there. Our advanced materials business, you know, has emerged as a partner of choice through our proprietary alumina technologies and our ability to modify materials to customize solutions in a variety of industries. And our highly quality, high quality uh, calcine coke um, is also recognized as a preferred source of, for battery materials. And our FT Catalyst leadership is well positioned to grow our uh, power to X ambitions. When I move to our performance solutions, this area is embodying uh, the unique chemistry of our portfolio to provide bespoke solutions for our customers in applications as diverse as metalworking fluids and lubrication, performance additives, inks, paints, coatings, and adhesives, as well as a variety of industrial applications. 
where our broad portfolio of opals, surfactants, waxes, co-monomers, and solvents create opportunities for improved performance and more sustainable alternatives. So Fleetwood, you've given us some great examples there of uh, you know, initiatives that you're taking that are addressing some of the global themes like wellness, sustainability, but also specific customer needs and making their processes more robust, resilient, uh, efficient, and sustainable, of course. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're ticking all those boxes. Um, let's just come back to your know, hydrogen, because I'm personally you're very much involved in hydrogen in South Africa. I led a big IHS market study recently where we reviewed the potential for economically and politically viable hydrogen uptake and production in South Africa. We concluded it could be a very positive contributor to both the energy transition and to the economy in South Africa. And of course, you pick this up big time now. And as, I, as we mentioned earlier, you, know, you see you know, Sassel as taking leadership in hydrogen. And that's just not the hydrogen you talked about, maybe in the fisher tropsch process and everything else. It's in other uses and other partnerships that we're seeing you sign up for. So you want to talk a little bit more about your vision, Sassel and hydrogen? Yeah, Andy, I think, uh, by the way, it's a great study that, that uh, IHS market did uh, on hydrogen in South Africa, and we fully aligned with that. But if, if, if we just stand back and say, okay, what, what does that context provide us with? So we see that uh, green hydrogen will play a significant role in the future, also in South Africa, in transforming our South African value chain and our experience as a scale producer and end user today. We intend to play a leading role in the development of future green hydrogen economy in Southern Africa. And we're already making good progress on that front. And I'll, I'll cover some of, of, of the aspects that we're focusing on. So, but why is that? You may now say, okay, where, where does the hydrogen connection come from? So our proprietary Fischer-Tropsch technology and the process is basically feedstock agnostic on the source of where it comes from. So it, it, that is allowing us to transition from our current fossil fuel-based feedstock to sustainable carbon and green hydrogen. And this can be introduced incrementally in our Secunda facility and provides us with flexibility to progressively move towards a future without fossil fuel feedstocks and emissions. And so this advantage assets in Secunda and Sasselberg are located in a demand app for the region, and it also provides the opportunity to incrementally scale the introduction of green hydrogen to up to 2 million tons per annum to produce sustainable products. So today we produce around 2.3 million tons of gray hydrogen instantaneously out of coal and gas feedstock. Uh, and so that captive anchor demand to turn that to green over time, that is a key opportunity for so this anchor demand drives, um, you know, would also uh, not drive, but it also provide for a continuous offtake, allowing for the optimal capital allocation and while providing customer solutions in line with market demand. So we are well positioned to produce our first green hydrogen by 2023, albeit uh, in a small scale facility in our Sasselberg plant 
It will be at low cost because we repurpose a current uh, electrolyzer that, uh, that we will refurbish. And this will position Sasol to demonstrate and capture a first mover advantage. And so by 2025, we aim to be the first producer of sustainable aviation fuels in the country out of our Secunda plant in partnership with Linda Inatrak and Navitas, the LEN consortium. Okay. And, and this is also, you know, a plan that we see beyond that, we can also, uh, you know, ramp up production at our Secunda and other greenfield projects to meet both domestic and uh, export demand by 2030. Oh, that's great. But Looking beyond South Africa, do you see a role for Sasol and all your Fisher Trops technology globally in terms of hydrogen? Yes, uh, I think this is a this is a very exciting uh, part. So, as you may have heard, also that Sasol is introducing a new business to lead yeah. the development of sustainable solutions, namely Sasol Eco FT. It's one of the first applications for the technology is likely to be sustainable aviation fuels, where new regulations are driving demand and existing technology and feedstocks have limitations that FT can address. And for me personally, that's a very, very exciting prospect. And I think we are well positioned to, to move into that space. Since we've announced, we had numerous, we are inundated with, with requests to, um, to study, to, to partner, to look at, you know, the challenges. And as you know, there's been many announcements of sustainable aviation fuels, both in the US and Europe, that, uh, that just would drive demand at a huge and a, and a at big scale. Very convincing, you know, Fleetwood, and uh, you have this focus on, you know, people, profits, and of course, now the planet, um, you know, the role of hydrogen within that, the role of your you know, traditional technologies and that you can, can leverage. And uh, of course, you know, the circular economy through your specialty chemicals business is sort of wonderful story. But I'm of a generation, you know, that remembers we had, you know, a number of giant national champion chemicals and fuels companies back in my youth. They were kingpins of the economy, companies like ICI in the UK, you know, and, you know, they are no more, you know, they've been broken up, they've been acquired. In some cases, they've just faded away. Um, is this a risk for Sassel? Could Sassel become, you know, the next South African ICI? Or is it, you're truly gonna be there for the long term? Well, I, I think the, the way that one should think about it is that if you, if you do nothing, you would go out of business because it will not be sustainable. So the do nothing option is really not on the table for us. The do something option is gonna be quite uh, challenging. It is ambitious. And in that uh, journey that you will travel, hopefully, you know, there would be opportunities from both uh, shareholder points of view uh, and both community, uh, the society at large, as well as uh, business opportunities. So, so yeah, Andy, I think it's a, it's a difficult uh, crystal ball to look into, but I do think that uh, the future holds promise and that if you've got um, competitive advantage, you will work to deliver that promise. Okay, well, you've already said, you know, it's not the old Sassol, it's a reimagined Sassol, it's Sassol 2.0. Um, uh, so, 
you know, two years into your CEO term now, if we look back, you know, five or 10, or we look forward five or 10 years into the future, how would you expect people to look back and see where you really put your footprint on Sassel and genuinely accomplish that transformation and you know, helped it play its role in the energy transition as, and, you know, and to the new sustainable model? Can you name one or two things you'd like to be remembered for? Yes, I hope that will be the case. Um, and so such that when they look back then, that they will recognize that 2021 uh, was the year which Sassel pivoted to a sustainable future and that Fleetwood brought the inspiration to rediscover our technology talents or made this treasure chest visible again. I do think that sometimes, you know, uh, people do get into a, you know, a state of business as usual. And from time to time, you need to be taken out of that comfort zone and say, you know, if you're in this future, how would you react and how would you behave and how would you prepare yourself to get into that future? And I think that's, that's the bit that I reflect on. I, I, you know, I understand the company. I was a, a Bursar holder. Uh, I started my career at Sasol. I completed my engineering studies in 84, started with the company. And I worked in the commercialization of Fisher-Trops technology, cutting my teeth in the first five or six years of my career, then moved on to big projects where we, we upgraded the technology in Secunda on our circulating fluidized bed Fisher-Trops reactors to, to a slurry phase uh, distillate process, as well as the Sassol Advanced Synthol Reactor System. So yeah, I, I've got the undercarriage of understanding the basics of our technology. I'm very well versed with the, with the chemical side of our business, the know-how, the proprietary technology. So I think you need from time to time a person that can take and put some of these elements together and then say, what's the art of the possible and really inspire the people to get there. And I hope that I can be remembered uh, like a guy that had the vision to, to put these pieces together for a better future for all. Well, Fleetwood, I think from everything you've told us today, there's a very high likelihood that that's going to be the case. You know, you've talked about sustainability as the defining topic for the future, and it's certainly a topic that you are taking head on now with the, the changes you're bringing about in reimagining Sassel, making it fit for purpose for the future, and with a, uh, a set of products and ambitions that will definitely you know, be fit for purpose for your customers needs. So it's a great story. And thank you so much for sharing it with this Zero Week Conversation audience. I'm sure we've all had some wonderful insights today. And uh, thanks again, Fleetwood. Only a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Keep on.